FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 427 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! I'm your host, Jason Venable, and we're finally back. I <laughs> uh, had some delays due to the Texas blizzard um, that not only you know, gave me significant power issues, um, but also caused lots of uh, rescheduling. So a very big gracious thank you to all parties who were super flexible um, with me having to move stuff around. Um, yeah, that's why we haven't had, had an episode in a little bit. Uh, and today we're going to cover some new books. I actually have a couple of things already kind of in the bag that need to be edited. So hopefully I can get some episodes out kind of fast and furious for you. I know that's the wrong franchise, but uh, you, get, you get the point. But we will cover a handful of uh, new comics today. And then we'll have our regular new book coverage with you at Scalabros very very soon and then also already have a flashback uh with the wonderful guys or some of the wonderful guys they're all wonderful some of them uh from homo superior came on and talked about uncanny x-men 300 and that'll also be literally right around the corner so hopefully that'll kind of get us back on track i hate i hate missing episodes and and taking weeks off you know to the point that i usually try to like you know plan if I know hey I'm gonna be gone this week or I'm gonna work's gonna be crazy this week I'll have something like kind of ready to go so I can go ahead and put it out you know you don't really you don't really care about how all this is put together anyway I hope if you're in Texas or other parts of the country that were severely impacted by the Arctic vortex I hope uh, you are all okay and also in Texas you know hope you do okay with you know I'm kind of dumbass governor. <laughs> I'll kind of leave that at that. I don't want to get super political, but don't really know if uh, if trying to respond to the significant power grid oversight failures by saying, "Hey, some people want to not wear masks. Let's do that." I, I don't know. Anyway, that's really neither here nor there, I guess. But um. Yeah, Wolverine. Wolverine Comics, yay, that's something we can all agree on. It's fun and awesome. So we'll talk about that. So here we go. First off, we're going to talk about Wolverine number 10. Bounty on Your Head, or Mercenaries. is written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Adam Kubert. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Designed by Tom Mueller. And then the cover is by Kubert and Martin. It's a pretty good cover. It's, we have Wolverine as Patch, back to back with Maverick, uh, and some reddish, orangish, explodey backgrounds. Um, it's pretty good, and the the colors. I, and I love Frank Martin a lot. Like I dig his colors quite a bit. It's a little shadowy, muddy, so it's a little hard to see. Um, Maybe what's going on in all the places. I think particularly like in Wolverine's face, where the shadow's not really supposed to be. But um, overall, it's a pretty pretty solid cover. So remember, uh, there was uh, some T-Max stuff that was stolen. Uh, Wolverine went to Madripoor undercover as patched to this like big, super-powered auction and found out that they were not only auctioning some T-Max stuff, but they had like one of his forearms and hands. Uh, that was severed, and then also the entirety of his person, Maverick, was being auctioned, which, uh, of course, has all kinds of terrible, like, you know, slave auction vibes that are just terrible, and human trafficking and and stuff you don't really want to think about, but uh, definitely kind of had... Anyway, uh, Maverick was for sale, but Wolverine snaps him out of it, and that's where we start now. So they're in this auction house in Madripoor, and Wolverine's basically saying, hey, Maverick, I need you to trust me. Uh, you know, I know you just woke up, and things are not, you know, probably making a lot of sense, even mind-wiped, but, you know, let, let's fight this together, we'll get out of here, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. And Maverick's like, 
all right, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't like being mind wiped, so I'll, I'll go with you. And they decide to do that. And so they get the auctioneer. Maverick puts his gun up to his head and basically says, you know, hey, everyone, put down your weapons. And they do. And he tells uh, the auctioneer to put down his magnetic gloves that he had used to, to trap Wolverine's adamantium. And so he does. But then he pulls a, a little pistol out of his sleeve that he got from the Punisher. And he shoots Maverick in the mask. It doesn't really necessarily do any real damage, but it definitely kind of shocks him and knocks him off. And so then Wolverine's like, all right, well, I didn't come all the way here to drag home a corpse, and we get a nice double-page splash, and then cutting through the Madripoor people. And we also see the Agent X woman in the wheelchair grabbing Wolverine's hand. Um... Yeah, it's a nice double-page spread, like a big spread with like little squares and set that have like little pieces of action. Um, it's it's pretty nice. Um, so yeah, she grabs a hand and then calls in her operatives. Uh, she was going to try to just use the format of the auction to get what she needed, but now that it's all gone to hell, she's like, you know what? Instead of us being nice potential customers, uh, consider this more of a hostile takeover, more of a smash and grab. So her troops run in, start shooting all over the place, taking out Madripoor folks and other criminals, but also trying to get Wolverine and Maverick. Um, of course, Wolverine and Maverick take the opportunity to run away, and they start running through Lowtown and Madripoor. Um, so they're running through the streets, uh, the, the, the desk, or the ex-desk operatives are, are trying to track them and follow them. Uh, there's a fun part where Wolverine throws a squid in their face. Um, and he and Maverick continue to, to run. And Maverick's like, you know what? I got a way out of here. And there's a helicopter for the Mercs. And they drop a couple of ropes. And Maverick and, and Logan come up into the helicopter. And um, the, the desk ex-desk operative is looks on in dismay but she does she is still clutching a wolverine severed forearm in hand so we find out that the, the, i don't know if this has actually been stated before or not the the x desk we knew it was like a government sponsored team but it's, it is now directly tied to the cia right it's definitely a part of the cia uh, kind of like the X-Files were part of the FBI, right? Uh, so it's the division of the CIA. And Ramirez, who is our, our operative, um, is Dolores Ramirez from the X-Desk, is talking to her superior and director and basically saying that everything went to hell. But they did get Wolverine's arm, so that can be useful. And also... She thinks maybe, you know, Maverick and his team of mercenaries, maybe there's a better way to get to them besides buying a mind-wide Maverick. Maybe we go above board and just negotiate with them. Mercenaries love money. That's what they do. That's, that's who they are. Maybe, you know, maybe we take the funds that I had set aside to buy him and try to pay him slash hire him instead. And the director's like, you know what? Not a bad idea. You must have went to business school. No, he doesn't say that. But anyway, um, so that's, that's going to be their plan. So meanwhile, on the helicopter, Maverick and Logan talk. Maverick's kind of starting to settle back into reality and, and know who he is and remember things. Um, which, is that, are the mind wipes that easily? I guess it depends on the mind wipe, right? <laughs> um, but so, basically, they're kind of offering each other something uh wolverine's like hey you can definitely you're a mutant come to krakoa you know it's really nice sunshine and smiles and maverick's like i don't think that it probably is uh nothing's it's too good to be true but hey why don't you come join the mercs uh, we can be a team again just like the team x days uh have each other's back you know you're real good at it you know i can mostly trust you so you can be on my merc team and they kind of like oh no and Maverick's like, oh, no. Wolverine's kind of, oh, no. And he's <laughs> like, you know, hey, let's have some beer. And so they, they, they get a beer. Um, and they kind of talk about it. And but they do decide, you know what? Logan can at least help Maverick kind of clean clean up this uh, this Team X job of these, these things being stolen. And so 
they go to Houston, um, speaking of Texas, and they, they break into this, I guess, hacienda, basically is what it is, and they come down, and there's all these crates. There's X-Men crates, and AIM crates, and Hydra crates, and something man. Oh, it looks like Spider-Man, probably. Avengers, S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I don't know what the bottom one is. It ends with an N-T-A-S. So reminds me of like something in the animated series, but that's probably not what it is. It's probably not X-Men the animated series, but I guess it could be. Um, anyway, uh, there's all kinds of stuff in there. There's Sentinel heads and Iron Man armors and and whatnot. And Wolverine finds a Team X crate, and he starts to look in it. And he's like, you know what? I have some of my memories back, not all of them. I maybe it's just good to let this be buried. And, and they set fire to it, and it all starts to burn. Maverick just doesn't want us to fall into the wrong hands. And so Wolverine kind of lets it go, and doesn't doesn't open the crate and dig into those memories, which is interesting. And then we have an X-Factor logbook where Wolverine has requested um, basically a full review of his resurrection log because, uh, you know, he saw the severed hand, and he's trying to figure out where it came from, right? Um, so it could... It could mean a couple of different things. There's an anomaly in the death logs, like maybe one that wasn't recorded or something, or wasn't accurately portrayed. Um, you know, possible relic of a Weapon X clone, right? Could be someone else's arm, not his, or a clone's arm. Uh, could be a genetic experiment by Zeno or someone else. You know, we saw him, or what well, was assisted with probably his arm, Right, the Xeno guy, the peacock guy, uh, wiped some blood off of the floor of Wolverine, so definitely could have uh, some experiments going on there. So that's pretty interesting, but yeah, he wants uh, some review done. So Maverick does visit Krakoa, but again kind of says, you know, I can't believe you bought into this. It's, it's too good to be true. Sure, it's nice now, but it'll fall apart. Are you sure you don't want to come with me? And, uh, and Wolverine's like, yeah, it feels good to have a home. I mean, maybe it, it won't last forever, but I can enjoy it while it lasts. And, you know, this is my family, so, you know, I'm going to stay here. And so Maverick goes back to the gate, and Wolverine says, all right, well, you know, if you ever change your mind, you're welcome here. And Maverick kind of says the same thing. If you ever change your mind, you know where to find me. And so that's where that goes. But I wonder if he'll be back, because then he does go to New York, to meet with uh, Special Agent Ramirez and over coffee. And we don't really know what the understanding is, but they agree that they have one. <laughs> so she has hired Maverick for something. Now, this could go lots of different ways, right? Possibly. She's hired Maverick for whatever she was going to use him for when she bought him in the first place. Knowing her job, probably Krakoa related, so then maybe the idea is she's hired him to be a mole, right? He will take, quote-unquote, take Wolverine up on his offer and go back to Krakoa and, and find secrets. Kind of the same thing that the vampires wanted to do with Omega Red, right? So so maybe they do that, and then Maverick does go to Krakoa, but he's really a, a, a double agent. Or is he a triple agent? And he does still like Wolverine, and this is his way to pay Wolverine back and say, yes, I will take your job as a mole, but I'm going to really feed you bad information and eventually help Krakoa, you know, dismantle the X-Desk. So, I mean, I think either of those could be interesting. It really just depends on how Percy writes it and what he does with it. Um, but definitely a compelling, mysterious way to end the story. Um, so art-wise... Pretty good overall. Um, a little... I don't know. I really like the way Kubert does panel backgrounds and or breakdowns, sorry, and does some really cool stuff. There's a lot of pages that are like white with interesting panel layouts, but instead of them being overlaid on top of action, like in the double page spread, they're just overlaid on white, so there's a lot of, a lot of the page not being used, which is not a bad thing at all. I think it just depends, but there's there's kind of several instances of that in this book. Um, and then the text piece, and it's like, okay, well, where's where's all the art? <laughs> I know a bad complaint. So you know, if you don't if you don't agree with me, that's fine. Um, I don't know. I I, I love Kubert and 
Martin as a team. I don't know if this was their best looking book overall. And we're talking degrees, right? It's really, really good. But is it their top notch? I don't know if it is or not. Um, didn't seem to quite gel as well together as they normally do. Part of that's because there's a lot of red in this book. A lot of red and like orange together. Uh, that made stuff maybe a little harder to see than usual. Um, and also there's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, overall I enjoyed it. But maybe not as much as I have. Um, and then the Maverick story I thought was fun. Uh, I don't know. Like, like it's a good comic. I'm still definitely loving the series. I don't know if it's like the pinnacle <laughs> of, where, of where the story's been. But it's very, very solid. I'm, I think I'm going to give it like just a really, really solid 4 out of 6 claws. Kind of almost a 5. It's really hard for me to identify exactly where this missed because the writing's good, the art's good, the story's good. There's just something about it was maybe not as exciting. And it could be because the last two books we're going to talk about on this episode were phenomenal. <laughs> and so maybe that's dragging this down a little bit. The context, right, could have something to do with it, possibly. You know what? Ugh. I liked it enough. I, I'm going to give it five out of six. I do think it is context, so I'm going to grade for that. I'll give it I'll give it five out of six claws. All right, next up, plus I have to, I was thinking about what I'm going to give this next book, and they can't be the same, because uh, Avengers is not as good as Wolverine. <laughs> so Avengers 43, Enter the Phoenix Part 4, uh, by Jason Aaron and Javier Garon. Art, I'm sorry, colors by David Curiel. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo. And the cover is by Lino Francis Yu and Sunny Go. And on the cover we have Phoenix on one side versus Ghost Rider, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Blade, and Thor on the other side. It's a pretty good cover. Um, yeah, pretty nice. So we're just kind of in the smack dab middle of our Phoenix tournament. We start off, this is really just a big fight issue. But maybe that's better. That may help the storyline. <laughs> just having fights. Um, and not dealing too much with the uh, consequences of the story. So we start off with a fight. Or at least team up. I would want to see more of. And that's Wolverine versus Black Panther. Now, take strip away the, uh, the Phoenix power. And I love the idea of them either going toe-to-toe or teaming up. Uh, both awesome characters, the two big, uh, fantastical metals in the Marvel Universe with the uh, adamantium and vibranium. Um, like there's a lot to like about these characters being together. Uh, and Garone really does a good job with this fight, uh, visually. And then, you know, dialogue or narration-wise, this is the best part of the issue as well, I thought. Um, you know, it talks about the Phoenix and where they came from and the fire and how all the universes, the ashes of the Phoenix, right? Like, we all think, oh, this is beautiful, what a wonderful planet, what a wonderful universe, and it's like, the, the Phoenix is like, oh, that's just my ash, buddy. <laughs> like, even that's beautiful. This is just my shit. <laughs> An interesting uh, perspective on creation in the Marvel Universe. But, um, yeah, and then there's a cool, there's a cool part of the fight where uh, Black Panther's like, you know, Wolverine brags about his adamantium. You know, it's, it's his whole skeleton, it's his claws, can cut through anything. And, and Black Panther's like, yeah, my adamantium is pretty great. Right? It's a cool metal. It's kind of badass. But um, all people do with it is make weapons. Vibranium can do so much more. And we made a country. And it, you know, it's, it's just kind of, it sounds like exactly like something. T'Challa would say, and it's just, it's a really nice kind of uh, verbal sparring to go with the physical fight. That's this pretty nice. Um, so anyway, at that point, Wolverine's trying to slice up Black Panther. But Black Panther uses vibranium to, sh like, use shockwaves to, like, send him back. And then he goes in for the kill, and he knocks him out, and kind of says something interesting, because I guess Wolverine doesn't really sound like he's berserk at this point. He's definitely fighting to kill. Um, 
or seems to be like like full claws, full fight, with the idea that you know he's the one that can handle the Phoenix Force and he needs to win this tournament. But Black Panther's like because you're trying to kill me, that's why you're gonna lose. Um, and then the Phoenix tries to overload the Black Panther, um, and so that gives Wolverine the upper hand for a second and he does the classic like with his stupid hot claws here because they're in the Phoenix world um, he, he puts two claws on either side of Black Panther's face and pops the third one ever so slightly and says give up or I'll pop this and Black Panther's like no I'll block it Wolverine's like what? How the, how the hell would you block it? You can't block my claw but Black Panther smiles and he has basically what you would call like vibranium braces. <laughs> he has vibranium on his teeth, which is interesting. And he's like, why would I leave one, one place of vulnerability when I have vibranium all over my body? And Wolverine's like, oh. But instead of like testing that and popping the claw and seeing what happens when it hits his teeth, uh, Black Panther kicks Wolverine in the junk. And says, I apologize for the low blow, but, you know, I can handle the Phoenix. I need to do this, so I'm going to take you out. And he does. So, you know, obviously as a Wolverine fan, don't necessarily like to see him lose. But as also a huge Black Panther fan, eh, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, and it was a really good fight. It was really even through most of it. It came down to a couple of things at the end. Um, yeah, they were very evenly matched, so, so I like that part. Um, like I said, I would love for someone to take up. I'm not real familiar. Now, I, I'm in the process of reading everything. I haven't read it all yet. Um, but I'm not really super aware of like a whole lot of Black Panther and Wolverine stories. So, looking forward to getting to some when I do, but, you know... We would definitely like to see more of that, right? I, I feel like their personalities are are different enough. They may like to have a really good story. May need Storm to kind of temper both of them <laughs> as an intermediary, which is fine because Storm's awesome too. Love to see her whenever I can. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, a story about Wolverine and Black Panther doing something together, and they can fight a little bit, but I really want to see them like team up. Would love that. So if anyone you know out there in Marvel Land and gets wind of that idea and doubt you're listening here but maybe someone will listen and then tell you <laughs> just kidding but yeah no I, I think that'd be really awesome alright so other fights to get in this issue are Valkyrie versus She-Hulk She-Hulk wins um Red Widow versus Black Knight Red Widow wins and so as people lose they're kicked out of the white hot room and we have the actual Phoenix Force, you know, uh, uh, Avengers Mountain, and Blade and team are trying to figure that out and also fight Namor's forces. Um, and then also the Phoenix is arguing with Thor about whether she's his mom or not. Thor's like, no, it can't be. But she's like, no, no, no. That whole Gaia thing was just a lie to pacify you somehow. Why Why there needed to be a lie, I'm not sure. But she says, you know, I'm all fire and you're the thunder. It only makes sense, right? And so I've come home. You know, the Phoenix Force wants a new host, but I, the original host of the Phoenix on Earth, as your mom, uh, you know, who got it on with Odin, I just want you. And... Uh, you know, it's interesting. Thor doesn't really like it. But then Valkyrie comes and rescues him. Or thinks she does. But he's like, I know. I don't want to be rescued. I'm arguing with my mom. Damn it. <laughs> then Captain America and Namor are still in the white hot room. They have an argument about whether Namor would kill him or not. And Namor's like, don't test me. And Captain America's like, but I thought we were friends. Um, so now our, our remaining survivors in the tournament are Captain America. Shauna the She-Devil, Namor, Black Panther, and Red Widow. And we see the next round of fights are going to be Namor versus She-Hulk, Red Widow versus uh, Shauna and Zabu, 
and then Captain America is going to fight Black Panther. And that's to be continued, or to be concluded, sorry. And we'll find out who the new Phoenix host is next issue, allegedly. And then I know we're all going to kick into, like, Heroes Reborn. But I'm not not going to let my overall lack of excitement about that disparage me from reading this book. I have enough lack of excitement about this on its own. <laughs> so I have not really been enjoying this story overall. But Garone's art is fantastic, and it's maybe even better this issue. And it helps, because we get some cool fights and matchups, and don't have to worry so much about the story of there being a tournament. We actually just get to see some, some nice battles. Um, and the art's really good. Like, it's been good the whole time. I love Garone, but this this feels more like classic uh, A-plus Javier Garone. Um... And it's really, really good. Really solid. So, like I said, I, I don't think it's as good as Wolverine, so that helped bump that book up. I'm going to go Avengers 43, uh, 4 out of 6 claws. I think it's been the, the most fun chapter of the, the story so far. And I was trying to find, you know, the hard thing about Twitter is sometimes someone tweets you something, and you're like, man, that's really great. But, in a couple of days, it's so far buried in your timeline that it can be hard to find sometimes. But Grant, after our after we talked about issue 42 of Avengers, um, Grant, a great friend of the show and just friend overall, um, had had messaged me about um, kind of his thoughts on what I said about that, and especially about the whole Phoenix Thor relationship, and he talked about how he preferred. Um, Thor's mother being Gaia and or Gaia, depending on how you say it, um, and that giving Thor that connection to Midgard, right, um, Earth, um, you know, at why he has such a fondness for it, and why he comes back. And I can't remember exactly what Grant said, but I remember it's too bad because he basically said what I was trying to say last time and what I would say again this time, but much better. Put it into much better thoughts. Um, so Grant, I'm sorry, I looked for your tweet and I couldn't find it. Um, you know what, I'm going to see, maybe you messaged it to me. Uh, no, if you did, it was, it was in our group chat and there's so much in there, I, I will never find it. <laughs> so anyway, Grant is a genius and he had really good thoughts on it and now I kind of regret bringing it up because I can't quote him exactly, but um. Yeah, I mean, that was the gist of it, really, that uh, the, the Gaia gives, it, it plants Thor firmly into the Earth, right? And that's a, a relationship that is, is important to the character, um, and yeah. So anyway, that's Avengers 43. So our next two books, the kids are all right. Some really fun stories involving our younger teams. We have Power Pack 4 and Runaways number 34. Now, or this may be Power Pack Outlawed number four. I'm not sure if the uh, the little stamp of the outlaw on the cover is just tying it into the story, or if this is actually like a tie-in to that event, and this is actually called Power Pack Outlawed. I'm not sure, but it is issue number four, and it is. Oh, where are the credits? Where did they go? In the end, yes. Written by Ryan North. Art by Nico Leone. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And then cover is by Javier Garone and Laura Martin. So there's Garone again. Um, and in the cover we have... Um, you know what? My lack of... Reading Power Pack forever and ever and ever is sometimes I get their names mixed up. But the middle boy, um, who's Master Mass or whatever, Jack, Jack Power, um, we have him and like his a bunch of cloud versions behind him. And then Wolverine jumping out of that. And Wolverine has this wonderful smile. And I'm not sure if it's awkward or if I love it or both. But um, especially with the widened out eyes and his cow, it's just this really phenomenal smile of Wolverine <laughs> uh, jumping out of um, 
Jack's kind of power cloud. It's a, it's a great cover. I like it a lot. Um, and I kind of like uh, Javier Garone's... You know, actually, I'm looking through Avengers. I don't think he really uses it in Avengers. I think he uses more traditional claw length. But on this cover, and maybe it's just a different perspective and I'm not reading it right. But um, but I've seen him do this before, too, in other books. Um, where he gives Wolverine a little bit shorter claws. Um, and I, I kind of like that. Um, right. So in this Power Pack book. I have skimmed through the first couple issues. I have not been reading it. I'm going to fix that because this is wonderful. Um, so basically, he's part of the outlawed program in Marvel Universe right now. Um, basically, kid heroes have been banned. And I guess the power pack is a way to get around that or as part of the, the law, um, they can get adult mentors. And so they got this adult mentor through this program. And he seemed like a really cool guy, but he turned out to be the wizard. And he siphoned their powers. And the first chunk of this book is them trying to defeat the wizard without their powers, except Julie, who is like reabsorbed some of the powers back from the battery, you know, because her name's Energizer. And she's able to do that. Or no, Katie. Which, ah, shit. Um. Andrew, what's my where's my power pack Wikipedia here? Um Okay, so Yeah, Katie. I'm sorry, Katie's the youngest one. Um so she has some power because she stole it back from the wizard's power cell battery thing. And they're trying to fight, but she's kinda losing control and then kinda decide that at the end of this that when the wizard stole their powers, they also left behind some of his personality. And so it makes them all a little bit angrier and a little more frustrated. But, you know, eventually he runs off and, you know, they take the subway back home. And it's a really sweet bonding moment between Jack and Katie where, you know, he says, I understand you're losing control, but hey, it's cool. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, and, and turned the moment where she tried to, like, fight her siblings and said, you know, you almost gave the power pack a power smack. And she's like, <laughs> kind of laughs it off and, and kind of gets back into better mood. Um, oh, there's also this thing, I forgot. This whole, like, the whole premise, or kind of, of the narration of this book is that Jack has, like, a video blog. Um, and he's trying to get subscribers. There's a lot of talk about smash the like button, hit subscribe. Um, it's Okay probably hits the younger audiences a little better than me, and that's fine. Um, yeah, they kind of get back together, and they decide, hey, Katie, remember back in like, the 80s <laughs> when you were still the same age, and uh, you had some, some crossover with Wolverine? Maybe he could be our real mentor and help us figure out what to do about the wizard. And he's like, Yay! And so a really fun moment. So they go to the Krakowan Embassy, which is fun, and they leave like a note <laughs> for Wolverine from the Power Pack. And it says, uh, Dear Mr. Wolverine, we need your help. It's the Power Pack. I don't know how secure this is, so just call us? Wait, Energizer says you don't have our number. Wolverine! Come see us, please! Uh, that was Katie. Only please mentor us. Bye! <laughs> Sign the power back. It's really fun, really sweet. Um, so they go home, and I forget. I thought in old stories maybe the parents knew, but I guess now they they don't. Um, so they don't. They can't talk about. It's obvious they've had a bad day. They're at dinner, and the parents are like, "Hey, what's wrong, kids? We know something's wrong." And they can't tell them that, "Hey, we lost our powers." Um, so everyone's just kind of moping around the table, and there's a knock on the door, and the the mom goes and gets it and says, "Kids, it's for you." And it's Logan. And this, these last handful of pages. Like the book has been really fun and adorable, but this takes it up a notch uh, where Logan comes in. Because they, they say he's an all-purpose tutor. Because um, he's like, I came, figured I owe one to the power pack. And they're like, power pack and Jess is the tutoring company. Um, he tutors all grades. That's why it's called the power package. <laughs> and the parents are just like, oh, we, we know you take your studies seriously, so this is what y'all need. 
carte blanche trust. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So they, they do that. The dad's like, oh, it's nice to meet you, but don't I know you from somewhere? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're a dead ringer from Wolverine from the X-Men. He's like, yeah, I get that a lot, bub. <laughs> the dad's like, bub, ha, huh? that's what he says, bub, bub, bub. <laughs> really, really funny. Um, yeah, and he's like, oh, so what was your name? He goes, me, I'm... And then the kids, they do that thing where they all say part of the name. So I was like, Professor Brucey Mansworth. Professor Brucey Mansworth. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I uh, call me Brucey. <laughs> it's really funny. It, yeah, like I said, the, these last couple of pages are are the icing on the cake of a great comic. Um, yeah, so basically they catch, they go in, in their rooms, they catch Logan up to speed. And, um, and, and, I, I don't really like reading from comics, but I, I can't help it sometimes. So, so here's what, what Logan says. He says, Look, kids, if there's one thing that life's taught me over the past few years, you can't meet yourself up too badly for stuff you did when someone else is messing with your head. And the other thing life's taught me is that I got no business advising children. But the other other thing life's taught me is that if someone needs you in their corner, you step up. <laughs> and so he says, uh, basically, they don't help, but... um. You know, he says, most of my problems can be solved by knives that pop out of my hands. You got something like that for me to do? And Alex is like, you know what? We might. So they come up with a plan. Um, and yeah, so they, and they all contribute. It says, you know, Logan contributes. All four kids contribute. It's really just this nice, sweet teamwork moment. And, um, and all they need is a superhero team up with Professor Brucey Mansworth. And Wolverine's like, I'm in with the snicked. And it's an awesome snicked. So it's just the bottom of the page. And Wolverine's there from the waist up. And he goes, I'm in. And he pops his claws. And then behind his hand, behind his forearm, out to the side is a snicked. And inside the letters of the snicked are like this shocked face. I mean, I know, they all know who Wolverine is. That's why they called him. But still, seeing those claws in person, right? And it's just a shocked in awe faces of the kids inside the letters of the Snick. This may be a, an early nomination for Snick of the Year. I love this. So, Nico Leone, who I fell in love with. Uh, the first time I remember him is from the She-Hulk work he did um, a few years ago. Really loved his book. He's definitely, in this book, leaning a little more into his cartooning and anime... Um, I won't say roots because I don't know what he, what he grew up on or whatever, but his tendencies to be a little more cartoony and bright and definitely some anime tendencies, which were present in other work I've seen. But he's really, really using that to, to good effect in this book. Um, and Ryan North, of course, uh, a, a big blind spot in my comic reading is Squirrel Girl. Andrew always frowns at me uh, when I say I haven't read it yet, and I will get to it at some point. It's on my list. Um, this may this may bump it higher up the list. Uh, the writing in this is fantastic. I mean, I don't like the wizard, and I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the power pack. I, I just I didn't read them growing up. I know there's a lot of love out there for that book, particularly the the Louis Simonson parts. Um, I just I didn't really read it. Um, good or bad just it wasn't something that I had in my collection growing up and I don't know so I don't have that like automatic love for the characters but they're great they're great in this book this book is fantastic it looks great it feels great it's it hits all the right notes right there's good action it's sweet it's adorable it's fun Wolverine is great in it <laughs> Like, this is just, it's a damn near perfect comic book. So I'm going to give it six out of six claws. I i like this a lot, like a whole lot. And we'll definitely go back and read the first three issues. And I'm looking forward to the uh, the series finishing out. I think, I think there's only one more issue and Wolverine should be in it. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely catch back up on that on the podcast as well. Could not recommend this issue highly enough. 
So yeah, power pack number four, six out of six claws. Uh, we're going to get another book of a similar tone and vein, uh, Runaways number 34, uh, written by Rainbow Rao, art by Andre Guinelet, maybe? I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, colors by D. Kniff, or Kniffy. Uh, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Chris Anka. And I love the cover. So we have a Krakoan gate. And we have Wolverine and Molly standing in front of the gate. First, there's a lot to love. First of all, Molly is taller than Wolverine. And she's got her arms crossed. And she always wears animal hats. He has a skunk hat on in the cover, which is funny. Kind of like the Daniel Boone raccoon hat, but like a skunk. And the tail sticking up. Like it's about to spray something behind her. But anyway, she's got her backpack and arms crossed. And just making this really scowly face. And then Wolverine's in front of her with one hand on his hip and the other hand like with the like thumbing at the gate like get in there and she's like no and so that that's fun right like the uh kind of the disobedient rebellious child not listening to the parent dynamic is fun the other thing i love about this cover that Anka does is wolverine not only being short shorter than molly is really beefy like super beefy um, i think maybe the what the kids would say would be thick without a K. I think that's... I, I'm showing my age terribly. But anyway. Um, it, is, it looks great. But also, from the side, the way Ankin does his costume design, so, you know, the brown and yellow, right? He's got brown and the yellow slash orange uh, kind of carved out on the side of his body. But in this particular drawing, and with the view being completely from the side, if you make the yellow part a little bit lighter... It almost looks like Wolverine's wearing chaps. <laughs> so, and then, I don't know, it's just something really hilarious, but also awesome about this drawing. Um, just very endearing. Um, and so, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a great cover. I love it. All right. So, remember in number 33, uh, we basically had most of a Runaways issue, and then at the very, very end, uh, Wolverine and Pixie show up, answering a a message for a mutant wanting needing help coming to Krakoa and it's a big misunderstanding and that's where we pick up so we start we start the issue right now Wolverine literally has Molly like draped over his shoulder and uh, the other, the guy with the long hair and the, the glowy fist the glowy metal fist I think his name is Chase maybe um, yeah Chase it's like, you can't take her. And Molly's like, hang on, hang on. So she wrestles down and then literally does the opposite. Like, picks Wolverine and swings him up over her shoulder. And like, I got this. And a great... So and the way they do that is so the panel on top is Wolverine holding Molly over his shoulder, facing down Chase. And we get a close-up on Molly's face. And then we have in the middle of the page, like the, if you split it into thirds, the middle third is solid white no background, and then three actions of Molly getting off of Wolverine and switching places by flipping him over her shoulder. And then the bottom one is her facing Chase and Wolverine very frustrated over her shoulder and um, and said, all I did was go to the website. I went to the, the Krakoa Mutant website and I filled out a form. I didn't ask anyone to come get me. I didn't write a letter. And so Pixie's like, well, but, but we got it, and we, we, we traced it to this area. Um, we got two, two emails, and we wanted to come take Molly home. But she's like, I am home. And Wolverine constantly talks about how they have a doom bot for a butler, and that's not okay. Um, so they, they knew that, and then um, she finally, Wolverine convinces her to put him down, so she does. So, you know, he gets, he gets put down, and um, he's like, Ugh. so it's not a rescue mission? Why do they always send the guy with claws on kindergarten duty? What am I, what am I supposed to do, make paper dolls for him? <laughs> and so Chase is like, um, well, what are we going to do? And so Pixie's like, but there's a mutant here who needs help. Um, 
what are we supposed to do? And uh, Nico is like, well, can you show us the emails? And Pixie's like, yeah. And she whips out somebody's laptop and says, uh, you know, reads a message that I'm, you know, I'm a powerful mutant. I belong to my own kind. I need your help. And the second one's like, oh, never mind. Leave me alone and change my mind. Don't come here. You'll be sorry. And so obviously they felt like, you know, the initial email was sincere. And then someone got a hold of it and was was trying a little too hard to make sure the mutants didn't come. And so that's why they felt like they were in trouble and why they came to rescue them. Um, and so they look, they, they trace it back to this, this address, but he's like, uh, well, actually, you know, Griffith Park is a big area. He's like, yeah, but there's only one mutant here, you. And they're like, well, how do you know that? And so Chase, I guess, has more computer savvy than all Krakoa. And he's like, actually, this person... It's like the message came from the south side of the park. And, like, okay, so... Wolverine says, so you're saying we tried to bust out the wrong rug rat? <laughs> and then I guess, which I haven't read, so I'll have to... I'll maybe eventually get there in my flashback episodes, but um, I'm always like, this isn't even the first time you tried to kidnap me. Uh, Runaways Volume 3, Number 10, it says. Uh, and then the editor says, uh, one of the, must be one of those convenient lost memories for Wolverine. <laughs> and so Pixie's like, well, dang it. And so, <coughs> um, I guess we're going to try to find the other mutant. But then the runaways are like, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll go with you. We, and they're our neighbors, practically. So we owe them that help as well. So they have a big, like, VW micro bus, and Wolverine's like, we're really taking the mystery machine, huh? <laughs> and they do. They get in the bus, and they all talk and have some fun, um, get along, don't get along to various degrees, and they, they go out to the park, and there's one part um, where someone says something and Wolverine gets mad and says, Jesus wept, <laughs> which I always think is funny. Um, but yeah, so they get out and they're trying to figure out what's going on and Wolverine asks Pixie if she detects anything and he's like, she's like, no, but Nico has a lot of residual magic, so I can't really tell. It's kind of messing with my magic senses. Um... And then uh, there's a part where uh, Wolverine turns to Nico and says, well, can, you, can you use your magic to like try to find this person? And she's like, I don't take the quest. And Wolverine rolls his eye and goes, well, that's handy. Um, but Molly accidentally finds this like invisible doorway and walks through into this like dark space. And our heroes all follow them through. And but they don't all go to the same place. So... Um, Wolverine, Molly, Chase, and the Velociraptor um, go to one space, and then Nico and Pixie go to another space, but they can't get out. So Pixie's like, hello, is the mutant in here? And then her and Nico argue a lot. Um, Nico feels like Pixie's making a lot of assumptions um, about her powers and her magic, and like they're friends, but they, they just met, and she doesn't really appreciate that. But then they hear a buzz, grind, buzz. Um, and then we switch to our other heroes. And Wolverine is talking to Chase. And, um, and they all turn to Wolverine like, what do we do? And he's like, well, how should I know? And Chase is like, well, you're the fancy pants famous mutant. And he goes, I'm not famous for my pants, bub. <laughs> then he makes another little snide remark that I think is is maybe pointing to some design similarities because he goes, look, kid, I'm not the world's greatest detective, which Wolverine visually, um, depending on how he's drawn, can sometimes borrow from Batman. Of course, there's that great meme that Wolverine's mask is just two Batmans kissing. Um, so I think I feel like that's a direct reference to Batman in some way. Um yeah, so generally situations like this, I wait for something to show up, and then I fight it. And they're like, okay, well, is that what we're going to do? And But then they get the same buzz, grind, buzz, and they're like, oh, there it is. And we get a nice double snick at the bottom of the page. And then we go back to Pixie and Nico, and there's a bunch of monsters. 
and they try to fight their way through the monsters. Then we get a nice double page splash of Wolverine, Molly chasing the Velociraptor, fighting the monsters, and it's fantastic. What a great, great double page. Um, so good. Um, yeah, more, more fighty fight fight. Uh, they fight the monsters, but then uh, Nico is able to use a spell that turns the monsters away, but there's this other presence behind her spells. Uh, looks like a bad guy from Voltron. Uh, not being an avid Runaways reader, I don't know if it's a new character or not, but it's a guy with a blonde ponytail and a maniacal laugh. Um, they eventually get out and find that you know, it wasn't an empty ground. It was this hacienda place and they're going to look for the mutant inside, I guess. But it looks like Nico and Pixie kind of starting to like each other and like maybe really like each other. Like they have a very longing, almost romantic uh, look at the end there. So maybe uh, they maybe falling for each other a little bit. So that's cool. Um, art in this book is really fun. It's really nice. Maybe even better than the last time. And this comic is wonderful. Just wonderful and amazing. Um, you know, I talked about last time in 33 that not really knowing the characters, I felt like the issue relied a lot on having read the previous run, or at least a, at least a few issues previous, prior, uh, to really be up to speed on what was going on. This one immediately transitions into the new story, so there's none of that dependency, and you kind of just let the characters do what they're doing in this story, instead of worrying about all the stuff that came before. And there's, there's not to say that it doesn't acknowledge stuff before for long-time readers, right? You've been collecting. I'm sure there's things you read in this that are, are paying off emotionally and on character beats. It's really wonderful. But it's also new enough and fresh enough that you can take the characters at face value and kind of understand who they are in this new story. And I really liked it. And we'll probably go back and get some more of this volume Um or at least see what's on Marvel Unlimited so far, and, and check it out, because this is really, really good. And it made me like the characters, and, and Wolverine and Pixie are both phenomenal in this. So the book looks great. It's really fun. Um, there's something about Wolverine kind of being the grouchy guy who means well, um, and is like thrust into these situations with younger kids where he's like the old uncle, um, and he doesn't really feel comfortable. <laughs> but he's got to make the best of it. That works really well for Wolverine if you're going to do like a lighter book. Like, it works really, really good. Um, so I'm going to give Runaways 34, 6 out of 6 claws. I loved it. So Power Pack, Runaways, definitely the two highlights of the last several weeks of, of comics for me. Um, definitely at the top of my list. Um... Or, you know, like I said, the comics haul the last couple of weeks. Um, love both of these issues a lot. Highly, highly recommend them. So, that's our comics, guys, and that's our show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, again, hopefully everyone is staying well and staying safe. And again, also, um, have some editing and stuff to do. We should have some more episodes very, very soon. Kind of back on schedule, and I may even try to double dip a few weeks to try to get us caught back up. Uh, to our episode total where where it should be around this time. So, um, as always, uh, if you like the podcast and go snit, you may like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snitcast, and show notes and stuff can be found at snitcast.podbean.com. So, until next time, hugs and snicks, everyone. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>